The Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off orders of $40 or more. And welcome to another episode of the Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast. That is honorary Canadian Football League superfan Justin, Mark, and I'm Adam Pelletier. Justin, glad you're here today. How are you feeling about the news this weekend? And of course, we're not talking about Brian Scott. We're talking about the XFL. Just remember that this is an XFL podcast, not a Brian Scott podcast. Oh, I must be in the wrong place then. Um, no, it was nice that we finally saw some high-scoring games with some good quarterback play. And uh, just all around, it seemed like better football than the uh, first couple weeks. They're putting it together. You can start to see it come together better now. So very enjoyable. It's almost like these teams got through preseason, a couple preseason games, and now they're <laughs> rounding into form you know it's it's weird justin it's amazing what happens when guys have time to get reps and get get time to get acclimated and then you start to see them perform i mean it's been like you said it's been absolutely phenomenal to see yeah absolutely absolutely and some monster games from some guys which i know we're going to get into but um definitely some that it it kind of made you open your eyes a little bit and wow that guy he's legit is this a Jacor Pearson comment or a John Trey Kirkland comment? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but let's talk about it. You know, we'll go, we'll go through those games. Let's talk about what was honestly the, the highest scoring game so far. Really, it was just a phenomenal game. Seattle Sea Dragons 30, Vegas Vipers 26. The Sea Dragons, despite being one and two, I think are one of the best two, three teams in the XFL right now, maybe four. Definitely. You can talk me into them being four. They're a top half team. They, they should be in the playoffs. I'll stay. I'll say that. I agree with you. Definitely one of the top offenses um, just have had trouble closing on games. So, but they finally got it done against Vegas. So that was nice to see. I mean, I was rooting for them because I'm a fan of what they're doing there on offense. I mean, and that's the thing here is just, this was the most complete game that Seattle put together. You know, yeah. Ben Genucci throws for nearly 400 yards. You know, that's half his yardage on the season. But he'd been putting up gaudy yardage numbers. But Morgan Ellison really stepped up and put it together on the ground. 100 yards rushing. You know, that's more than half of his season total. 
really starting to put things together there in Seattle in a June Jones offense. Yeah, and he stepped in for injured Brendan Knox, and you you have to imagine he's going to be the starter going forward since he did so well. He's had a better average all year anyways, so I all year. I mean, in the first two games. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think he should be their starting running back going forward. He runs hard, um, and, yeah, 103 yards is no joke, especially when we're not seeing 100-yard rushers in every game. No, I mean, he looked like a three-down back. He looked like a guy that Seattle could trust to get the job done. In the clutch, you know, TJ Hammond spelled him, obviously, but I think Morgan Ellison's going to be the guy. But the real story has to be, and people are going to try to talk about Josh Gordon. I think the thing that you need to keep in mind with Josh Gordon is that he got really lucky on that game-winning touchdown catch. Like, at the end of the day, yes, he was in the right position. He made a lot of stuff happen. But the defensive back just lost it. It was an underthrown ball. And yeah. this isn't Josh Gordon's back, y'all. This is Josh Gordon is beating up on inf- on competition that is probably beneath him. Yeah, he no, looks I, like he belongs on an NFL roster at times. But his running mate, Jacor Pearson, seems like he should be starting in the NFL. All I know is Brandon Bean and the Bills better be calling about Jacor Pearson. Yeah, no, I think Pearson's legit. Um, he can he's fast. He gets open. He runs very well out of that slot position. Um, it, which June Jones's offense utilizes the slot well anyways, but Jacquard Pearson has the talent there for sure. I, I mean, and it's just, he's been an absolute target monster. 31 targets on the season, 23 catches, 272 yards, only one touchdown for Pearson though, but it's that continuous double digit volume in the target game that really has me intrigued by him. Blake Jackson is still out targeting. Josh Gordon and Jordan BC's nipping at both of their heels. Josh Gordon's just got the splash big plays. He's winning in the red zone. We talked about that in the preseason. Yeah, for sure. And from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, as much as they throw the ball, you can't go wrong with any of these guys. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you're very safe to roster Hammonds, Jackson, VC, or Jackson, VC, Pearson, and Gordon. All four of those guys should be rostered, started every week because all of them are putting up numbers vc is only at 93 yards on the season but this was the first true look at this june jones 300 yards a game passing offense so jordan vc's probably sitting on your waiver wire out there he's a guy you gotta target now 100 agreed you know and then just talking about the other side of the ball the vipers you know brett hundley in his first full game of action that wasn't played in a hurricane. And even then it was still pretty windy. Brett Hundley didn't look bad. No, he didn't. Um, uh, You know, obviously he did more damage kind of with his legs, 66 yards rushing and a touchdown, but um, still 224 yards, two touchdowns. I think, I think we're done seeing the Perez Hundley mix and Hundley. This is his team going forward. I mean, with that one game, Brett Hundley jumped up to QB six. Brett yeah. Hundley is QB six on the season right now. He's 10 points better than Paxton Lynch and Derek King, who have both played in all three games. He's only two points behind Jordan Tawamu, who can't seem to differentiate, but finally threw the ball this weekend, <laughs> you know, and he's nipping at the heels of Jack. And he's, you know, within he's four points off of Jack Cone. All of a sudden, if he scores another four points, He's we're looking at him as the QB four. Yeah, for sure. He's a guy that I, I think 
more time if he keeps running like he did, keeps throwing the ball well, uh, making the most of the opportunity, he's going to be in your top five quarterbacks. Yeah, and when people are looking at it, they're going to think, oh, he's not actually that much better than Perez. When you look at their numbers, they're very similar. It's 249 yards to 322. Perez has three touchdowns to two picks. Hundley has two touchdowns, no picks, but a fumble. You know, but it's the rushing yards. Nine rushing yards for Luis Perez, 90 for Brett Hundley to go with a rushing touchdown and some conversion points. He's just chewing up he's just chewing up yardage with his arm and with his legs. And in a place where quarterbacks are scant, there's only eight of them, and only five of those guys are starting are starting every are playing every snap. You got to be in on Brett Hundley right now. Yeah, agreed. As much as I'm not a Hundley fan from his his Packer days and everything as a Bears fan, um, absolutely agree. And Perez is not a mobile guy, and you have to be mobile in these spring leagues, or at least it, it helps a ton. So, yeah, no, I agree. He's he's the guy that you want to target. Um, just as of last week, he was still out there on waiver wires. So check just to make sure he's not still available. Yeah, one guy who's still definitely not available, Jeff Padet, just looked absolutely explosive. Again, for the Vipers, Jeff Bidette outperforming guys like Martavius Bryant and Ger Geronimo Allison, who have NFL experience. Jeff Bidette proving he belongs. Also, John Lovett. If you don't have John Lovett on your roster, you need to go get him. He broke a 50-yard catch for a touchdown. You know, yes, Rod Smith out-touched him, but Lovett's on the field and getting targeted in the passing game, and Rod Smith isn't. Yeah, agreed. He's definitely their pass catcher, and um, he's good at that as well. You know, and then just, you know, looking further down this Vipers roster, Sinkyu Sweeting still getting targets, Matthew Sexton. You know, it feels like Geronimo Allison and Martavis Bryant are going to be the, on the outside looking in very shortly here, which means we keep going back to NFL experience doesn't matter once you get to the spring. Who's got that yeah. dog in them? Yeah, for sure. But that's the guy here, too. Um I would even target him in trades. Uh, he's a guy that he's going to continue to get targets, continue to get yards. We've seen him have success in spring leagues before. And like you said, he's got that dog in him. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets, build your own bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win, getting down on NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So as we keep moving through these games, then we get to St. Louis and D.C. You know, a game that wasn't as high scoring, but was close. 34-28, a great game there in D.C., great atmosphere. It felt like a football atmosphere. I mean, I'm watching, and I got a little bit of FOMO that I'm not sitting there in the stands, Justin. Yeah, no kidding. Um, that beer snake looks very fun. Um, the, those those fans are legit. They're excited about uh, 
just football in general and drinking, obviously. But um, yeah, this was this was a fun game to watch. I I can't I go back and forth of which game this one or the uh, Sea Dragons game I liked better, but they were both very good games, and both we finally saw some offensive explosions. I mean, you know, we we got to see again another dominant performance from one Mr. Hakeem Butler. You know, Butler just absolutely made it clear he was he's a dude and he belongs back on an NFL roster. Butler, you know, 198 yards on the season and 105 of them came today with a touchdown. You know, he's just he's big, he's physical, he's dominating, he's got three receiving touchdowns. He's currently wide receiver four. You know, he's a guy we were kind of talking about maybe as a fringe guy on the St. Louis team. We were wrong. Hakeem Butler showed up like a guy who wanted to play. Yeah, and it's clear that McCarron is trusting him more each game um, up to this 13-target, nine-catch game. So he's definitely a guy going forward that he's going to be the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that if I'm if I'm sitting there with some depth, I'm going to try to trade depth for Hakeem Butler. If there's a team sitting there with just Hakeem Butler on the roster, I want to go get him. Six foot five, size matters, and you know he's just dominating the targets here, double digit targets this weekend. You know, and the rest of that St. Louis offense, Darius Shepard, good game for him. And then beyond that, it was Brian Hill and just who got lucky and caught something. You know, we thought Austin Prohl might be emerging as a reliable slot option, but it, it just hasn't materialized. And we saw Steven Mitchell get on the field for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Terry Shepard's a guy who, you know, he had only had three targets in both of the first two games then gets eight with five catches. He's probably a guy sitting out there on the waiver wire. He's had uh, some experience in these spring leagues, had a good career at North Dakota state. Um, that's a guy I'm looking at on the waivers for sure. Yeah. Are you buying into Steven Mitchell supplanting Austin Prohl at all? You know, Mitchell had the touchdown catch, you know, is Austin Prohl's job in jeopardy here? I don't think so. I I think that his dad being the wide receiver coach, he's going to keep trying to put his son in. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball, the DC defenders moved to an impressive three and O this was the most impressive game I've seen out of the defenders yet. Yeah, they, they finally looked like they were putting it together where they could throw and run before we had just kind of seen them run the ball well. Now they were doing both and proved that when they're doing that, they're hard to stop, especially with a good defense. I don't know how much they were actually throwing the ball, though. Like, at the end of the day, 210 yards through the air. You know, pedestrian effort, really. And Derek King, 3 of 3 for 14. Jordan Tawamu, 11 of 20. Jordan Tawamu was someone we talked about coming into the season as someone we thought could be good, but also that there might be some fool's gold there. And right now he's only he's only thrown 62 passes and currently has a sub-50% completion percentage. He threw his first touchdown of the XFL season this week. He's rushed for two, and that's been his saving grace. If I can find somebody who's going to buy the hype, I'm trading Jordan Tawamu yesterday. You don't have to convince me. I've been a, a very avid against Tamu since his USFL days. Um, I don't think he's as good as advertised. He's a name that spring football people, they get excited about. But I just don't think he's good at, as advertised, especially fantasy football-wise. So, yeah, I agree with you. Try to move him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's 
I don't know that it's not he's as good as advertised. Again, I think we talked about it a little bit in preseason. I think it's we don't look at what makes Jordan Taumu really good. And his most successful season was that St. Louis Battlehawks season, and he had big physical receivers like Darius yeah. Shepard, um, you know, and some other guys. And they don't have that right now. They don't have True. guys who are getting open, who have a catch radius. You know, it's super it's challenging to see that happen. And it's really frustrating to watch that. You know, you see him make throws and just the offensive line also seems to be letting him down a little bit. And, you know, I just, I can't help but wonder what this, if this DC team is a little bit of fool's gold because they won two games without Talamu throwing for more than a hundred yards in either of them. So I really wonder if this is a team that's built to sustain success or is it a team that as they start to round into it could turn the corner. I think it's the, I think it's that they're fool's gold though. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to run the table by any means. The defense has done decent and they, they're one of the teams that runs the ball well, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they are as good as the three and O reflex. Yeah. Abram Smith, Ryqual Armstead, both guys, you're starting set it and forget every week in your running back slot. You know, let's take a look at these wide receivers real quick, though. You know, Lucky Jackson, Chris Blair, Josh Hammond, pretty much a consistent trio that have been producing for them across the board, which is a rarity that there's not somebody else popping up. Is there one of those guys that you're really interested in in targeting right now? Lucky Jackson is probably my top guy on the uh, D.C. Defenders wide receiver squad there. Um, he's just, he's been consistent as far as leading target share or close to the top of the target share. Um, and then he's also a guy that they've drawn. It looks like they've drawn up some of those two point plays for him. So, you know, that's, that does matter in the, these types of leagues where if you get two points out of your two point conversion, it's definitely somebody you want to go after. Yeah. I mean, in thinking of that, I'm also targeting Ethan Wolf. You know, yeah. he's a guy that Derek King clearly has some sort of rapport with keeps going back to has conversions and, you know, he's getting some touchdowns as well. Ethan Wolf, big tight end down around the goal line. Tight ends are tough to come by. You know, right now he's going to be a top level tight end. He's got 20 fantasy points through three weeks. That's a good rate for a tight end in the, in spring football. It is. There's only four that have above 20 right now. Um, and Ethan Wolf's one of them. And then of course, Cody Latimer, Sal Canella, and then uh, your guy, Elise Mack. Elise Mack. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts, but they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props. They're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. For 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Speaking of Cody Latimer and Sal Canella, we get to what I think, and I'm going to say, was the worst XFL game of this stretch, of this iteration. This Orlando Guardians-Arlington Renegades fiasco. Yeah, and I thought... Go ahead, say oh, what just, you got. I was just going to say, I thought this was going to be a much better game because Kyle Sloter was starting. So I thought the Renegades were actually going to show that they could move the ball down the field, but they did not show that. 
Um, maybe Slaughter just needs some more time to, you know, get those reps in. I'm not sure. I mean, what I'd say is, is looking at the numbers and just thinking about what I saw in the game, I think the problem with Arlington is actually their offensive line. I don't yeah. think they have a line that can sustain an offense that's going to be successful because you look at their running backs, Kenneth Barrow, 3.4 yards per carry, Davion Smith, 2.7, you know, and then you look at Kyle Sloter, 18 of 23, 5.4 yards per attempt. You know, it's just, and he only got sacked twice, yes, but they're not throwing the ball deep. They're keeping it short. Tyler Vaughn, 7.8 yards per catch. Sal Canelo, 6.6. Caleb Vanderash had 11, and Luan winning him at 13, but no one else is double digits. They're just, they're keeping it short. They're keeping it quick because I don't think they can get the ball out. This offensive line is robbing us of what is actually a very well-constructed roster. And it's frustrating to see. Yeah, it's a very good point. Um, it, and it it does show up when you can't move the ball on the ground and you have to do those short little dump-off passes. The the one positive takeaway here is uh, that Sloter at least had a higher completion percentage than Plitt has shown through the first two weeks. So I guess it's a step in the right direction, sort of. Yeah, I mean, and like – Sal Canella is exactly who we thought he was going to be. He's 141 yards through three games. So he's got that nice average. He's got 30% of his team's targets. You know, that's a phenomenal target share for him. There's just no time to throw the ball. He has no touchdowns and he's averaging 10 points a week. That is consistent. That is gold. He's the tight end too right now behind Cody Latimer because Latimer the Guardians offensive line is at least able to hold something together, it seems like. Not very True. well, you know, and Quentin, and, you know, I'm sure it'll just get worse now that Dormady sold their damn playbook. <laughs> <laughs> right. No doubt. What a kind of a mess that they have going on there, just all the way from up to the coaching. It's a mess. We're told that they're bringing in someone else, and it's a name we will all know for their third quarterback now that Quentin Dormady is off the roster. I wonder who it's going to be. I've reached out to a few contacts in spring foot. I've reached out to some folks I know I, and they've said, it's not me. And that's all I'll say about that. Gotcha. I will not say the other comments that were relayed to me by these gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, they certainly should bring in somebody else because Paxton Lynch, um, Francois, and then Dormady, when he was there, they just, they're not getting the job done. Francois didn't even see the field this time. And it just no. feels like you probably need to move on from Dormady and Francois and Paxton Lynch, you know, Paxton Lynch at least started to run the ball and that made them yeah. risky, you True. know, but you look at what that offense is doing. There's nothing outside of Cody Latimer right now offensively. Jamain Martin has been absolutely, you know, and Kelvin Taylor and Diedrich Thomas, they've all just been so disappointing. Jamain Martin is a talented back. And the fact that they can't get him going is super frustrating to watch. Agreed. Um, especially, I mean, that first game, it looked like he had, he could build off of it um, when he had a 4.6 average, even the second game, 5.1, but He's not look. He did not look good last week. Um, he had two fumbles. Just 
kind of uh, you hope he can kind of turn that around. But yeah, that offense in general, outside of Cody Latimer, I don't think I'm interested in any part of it right now. I mean, I'm keeping an eye on the receivers. I'm keeping an eye on Charleston Rambo. I'm keeping an eye on Deidre Thomas. Frankly, I'm keeping an eye on Lance Lino. Like I'm keeping an eye on these receivers and sure. I'm putting them on my bench. Quarterback yeah. has pretty much worked its way out so I can drop some quarterbacks that I have. You know, DeAndre Francois can leave my roster. I don't need him right now. You know, right. I'm gonna I'm more it's more valuable to hold a guy like Eli Rogers or Lance Lenore. Lance Lenore, four targets, one catch for 22 yards. That's an interesting aspect to this offense because Paxton Lynch and Lance Lenore had some chemistry in the USFL. And it would be great to see them come back and rebound and do it again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a guy that we saw put up decent fantasy football points on a bad team. So he is somebody that could do that again this year. Um, if they can just get that connection going, he can bring a couple more of those targets in. Yeah, I mean, and what I would also say about Orlando is defense looks solid. Like the defense is putting up, is pitching good games. They limited San Antonio yardage-wise last week. They limited Arlington this week. You know, and they held Houston to 272 yards, which is, you know, they kept them under 300 passing yards and only gave up 80 rushing yards. They haven't been over 250 yards against since, and they held Arlington under 200 yards offensively. I think some of that speaks more to Arlington than it does to Orlando, but Orlando's defense is solid right now. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely kind of the heart of the team, it seems like, so... Uh, it's a good point. If they could turn things around offensively, they might not be as bad as we all think. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, we can make fun of Paxton Lynch all we want, but <laughs> Paxton Lynch currently has 26 and a half fantasy points through three games. You know, he's got, he's close to double digits every week. He's making stuff happen. He's moving the ball. And if he's going to run the ball 10 times a game, you know, all of a sudden he's locking that job down and I'm pushed and I might be, and if Jack Cohn start, keeps coming back down to earth, I might start passing <laughs> Lynch over Jack Cohn. Yeah. I mean, if games keep going like they did this past week, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, is what it is. And now our last game of the week, though, speaking of Jack Cohn, what a game, just a great yeah. way to end it. Like, let me, I'm going to say this. City of Houston, get your stuff together. You do not deserve this football team right now, okay? You show up in piddling numbers for a team that has won eight straight spring football games on an epic winning streak, taken on all comers, and just beats them consistently week after week. They are a great team. They are a fun team. They scored, sure. Oh, they only scored 22 points against one of the against the top three defense in the XFL. AJ Smith had an amazing game plan. Wade Phillips has this defense playing on another level. This is the most complete team in the XFL right now. And Houston should be ashamed, ashamed of the level of fan support right now. I need that just rolling on all the social media outlets so that it's, the fans it's hear embarrassing. you. <laughs> it is embarrassing, okay, to see that pitiful showing there. San Antonio and some of that and a bunch of that crowd was San Antonio. Yeah. The Brahmas fans are traveling. They want to be, they want to be there for their team. 
Sure, you beat them, but damn, if that game's in San Antonio, I don't know if Houston can win that game because the Alamo Dome is going to be rocking if they when they play the rematch. Yeah, for sure, and I agree with you. I mean, come on, this team's fun, more fun to watch than the Texans. So let's the get te- to the games. <laughs> exactly, like Brandon Silver's out here throwing for almost three hundred yards. You know, again, Brandon Silver's throwing for. 700 yards on the season, second in the XFL in yardage right now, seven touchdowns against three picks. You know, he's just, he's playing phenomenally right now. And these receivers, John Trey Kirkland, looking like a dude showing up in a big way. Yeah. um, They, I feel like they rival uh, the Sea Dragons with the, amount of talent they have in the wide receiver room with Kirkland, Burnett, um, Travell Harris getting more involved, Cedric Bird, you know, a little bit here and there. But, yeah, Kirkland and it's Burnett both. spread out, though. Like, it's yeah, anyone sure. on that team at any point could have a game. And let me tell you right now, I am circling next Thursday, March 16th, Houston versus Seattle in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Like, be ready. Make, take a nap that day. It's a 9 p.m. kickoff, so it's going to be a late night and we all got to work the next day. But you do not want to miss that. Is that St. Patrick's Day too? 9 p.m. on St. Patrick's Day. What are you doing, XFL? Who do you want to watch this game? I'm going to watch it, and everyone should watch it because that's going to be the game of the season. I think that could feature two 300-yard passers. But then yeah. I also wouldn't be shocked if the Roughnecks just roll them over because Wade Phillips' defense is playing hard. They had a goal line stand at the one, and they threw them back behind the 10 before they finally gave up. Devontae Beckett and the rest of that Houston Roughnecks defense is just playing flat out, top to bottom, 100%. It's just it's great to see. You love to see it. And again, City of Houston, you are wasting this team. The XFL is wasting this team on you. Show up or they're going to move it. They're going to put it somewhere else. Name be damned, okay? You have to show up to support this team because St. Louis and San Antonio are going to be putting 30,000, 40,000 people in the stands for these games, and you can't even be bothered to put 11,000 there. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and that defense, it is damn good. We we all thought Jack Cohn was looking great until he went against Houston. Then maybe not so much. So we'll see if I he mean, bounces back. But The offensive line was yeah. exposed. You know, the Brahma's offensive line was suspect at times. You know, Cohn didn't get sacked, but he was under pressure. Eight for 20 for 64 yards. And they were just dominated up front. They'd been building this around the play-action pass. And Houston didn't bite on the play-action pass because they were flushing Cone. Cone yeah. is flushed by the defensive line. He's running for his life. You know, Patrick and Belange both had okay games, 8 for 36 and 10 for 35. But the coverage was great. The coverage yeah, for was spectacular, sure. and Cone was running for his life. For when sure. You, and, when you put and, those two things together, it's just it's not going to happen. 
Yeah, and he was throwing it in the dirt a lot too because they were on him quick, and he was just like, "Never mind." <laughs> he yeah. he didn't take the sacks, but he was just throwing it in the dirt. Yeah, I mean, San Antonio needs to figure out a plan to combat that because they have size. We've talked about the size at receiver. You know, Elise Mack has been great. T.J. Vasher was good, but only Travis Johnson and Elise Mack had double-digit catches in this game, or two yeah. multiple catches in this game. T.J. Vasher had one, Kalen Balaj had one, and Fred Brown had one. You know, they just weren't able to get the ball out. They weren't able to get their offense going. So Heinz Ward needs to take a very close look at what they're doing here. Agreed. You know, and on Houston, again, you need to roster these Roughnecks pass catchers. There's just any one of them. Max Borgie. Continues to be the, one of the best backs. Justin Smith, Deontay Burnett. You know, you said it. You said it. You said it. And Bryson Aline, good game. You know, he is emerging as a pass-catching threat out of the backfield for Houston. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, you know, mostly spring fantasy football leagues are PPR just because of how our point systems work and are low anyways. So he's definitely a, a running back to target it, when you don't have many running backs that are breaking out. So you know, four catches this last week for 40 yards. That's definitely something to chase after. Yeah. So, you know, anything looking ahead a little bit to week four, you know, let's just briefly touch on these. We're going to do another episode later this week after injury reports and stuff. You know, is there anybody, any games that you're targeting players on? You know, we've got Houston at Orlando on Saturday, San Antonio at Seattle on Saturday, and then on Sunday, Arlington at St. Louis and Vegas at D.C. Yeah, uh, so the Seattle game is interesting, especially with how much success Houston just had against San Antonio. Um, it, it, that offense is good anyways, but I'm interested to see how the St. Louis Battlehawks players play at home. They finally get their home game. That's That stadium's going to be rocking. Uh, dome football, so it's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if they really blow up the uh, scoreboard there. I mean, I don't know what will happen because St. Louis is, you know, a bottom half team against the pass. Mm-hmm. And they're a bottom three team against the run. St. Louis's defense isn't good. It's been the offense carrying them. So they're going to put up points. And this is the game Arlington has to get right. Kyle yeah. Sloter and Sal Canella and that offense have to get going. And this is the place to do it, and it's going, but it's going to be the hardest place to do it because there's going to be thirty thousand plus screaming Battlehawks fans. You know, Caw is the law. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Those those fans are hungry for football. Oh my gosh, they've just been watching everybody. They've been watching week after week, and they've just been building up this energy and this anticipation. If this team was three and zero, I would be really scared for Arlington right now. And I'm scared enough for this. You know, Arlington's going to be in a world of hurt right now. I don't think, I don't think Arlington can. I don't think the Arlington defense is going to be able to slow down that St. Louis passing attack. Hakeem Butler has been an absolute monster. Darius Shepard starting to show up now. AJ McCarron is comfortable, and yeah. he likes this offense, and he's starting to trust his receivers. Yeah, agreed. You know, and then the other game that's going to be interesting to me is Vegas and DC. We didn't, we, these teams played once already, but we didn't see them actually play because it was in that storm and it was just 
awful football. Wait, did they play? Yes, they played in week two yeah. in the first game in Vegas, and it was just bad football. And I don't think we're going to have that this week. These two teams are going to feel very different with Tamu able to throw the ball and with Brett Hundley now a little more comfortable. And, you know, I'm interested to see what this Vegas Vipers team and offense looks like. Agreed. Same. So, you know, and then obviously, I mean, I could see Brahma's Dragons being a shootout too. You know, like there's – and. Pray for the Orlando Renegades right now. Just T's and P's up for the Orlando Renegades right now. In week one, Houston put up 33 on them, and Houston wasn't playing anywhere near as well as they're playing right now. I am nervous for the Orlando Reneg- for the Orlando Guardians players' mental health, <laughs> and I am worried at how much Houston is – and, and I don't even think I'd be worried about a look ahead here for Houston. I just think Orlando looks bad. Yeah. Orlando looks bad. Orlando looks lost. Yeah, and, this is going to be a route. And, and this is what we said in preseason. There's always one team, one or two teams that just looks lost. Sorry, Orlando. You had a good run in the AAF, but it looks like you're the team that's lost this year. Hey, you're the Pittsburgh Maulers of the you're league. The Pittsburgh Maulers, you're the Atlanta <laughs> Legends. You're the team we're like, ah, God, we're sorry, guys. So yeah, you know, one hundred percent. How did how'd you do this weekend? You know, a- any good games? Any close wins that you had? Um, yeah, I had a couple. It, it seems like the ones that I did win, I barely won them. So, but uh, a win is a win, I guess. How about yourself? I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. This is an Adam (laughs) ranting one because I scored 96 points this weekend in one of my leagues. You would think that would win. I got 22 from the Defenders D. I got 27 from John Trey Kirkland. And I got 25 from Hakeem Butler. Great weekend. No one else outscored me in this six-team league. But I played somebody who scored 115 (laughs) points. 115, okay, because they got 25 from A.J. McCarron, 29 from Josh Gordon, 17 from Jacko Pearson, and then had Blake Jackson and the Roughnecks D still kicking along. They had one from Marcel Aitman and still scored 115. In this league right now, I have had 275 points scored against me through three weeks, 50 points more than the next closest person, Who's at 226? I am second in points with 236 in this league. And I am in and I'm tied for fifth. Okay. This is obnoxious. What is going on right now? Why can I not get some luck to break my way? This is just, it's painful. It's painful week after week. In week one, I played somebody dropped 95. Okay. Can I get some luck? And then even last week, Even last week, I played somebody who put up a big week, but I just happened to put up a bigger week because, oh, no, last week was only 45. Sorry, what was week one? Week one, 115 in week one. I have had two 115-point weeks against me. What the hell is that? Tell me how you really feel. (laughs) I did notice. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I did notice you and I faced off in a league we're in, and um, I might have beat you. I might have. What 79.2 I will say to 60 
is the two public leagues that I'm in with just random folks. What I have found very interesting is there is a narrower distribution of scores. Hmm. It's been a tighter distribution of scores because we had a week of evidence. We drafted after week one. True. And it's been interesting to see how everything's been tighter there. Although you are in one of those and you've only had a hundred points score and you've only had 95 points scored against you. <laughs> you lucky SOB. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> on that note, be sure you tell us how y'all are doing this week. Hope everybody's having a fun week playing on alt fantasy sports. XFL season heating up, heading into week four. Time to start thinking about that trade that you can make. And also, we're all starting to think about USFL fantasy. We'll be active shortly as well on alt fantasy sports. So get excited. USFL season around the corner. It's a great year for spring football, man. Absolutely. I, I, I love it. We don't have to watch any basketball or baseball on television. <laughs> it's great. True. All right. That is Justin Mark, who's looking into what it takes to get dual citizenship in Canada so he can go see his man crush, Brian Scott. I am Adam Pelletier, and we will see you next time. Nova Productions.